From Alderaan. From Alderaan. To Zenlaw. To Zenlaw. To Zenlaw. And whatever's left of Krypton. We are broadcasting live from the largest ship. From the largest from ship. The largest ship in the galaxy. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Sanctuary One Radio. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Testing, testing, uh, testing. Hi, hi, everyone. Uh, I, I. Okay. Uh, my name is uh, uh, Diamond Jab. Uh, this is uh, this is Props. Hey there. And, uh, and this I'm. Is, this I'm side. I'm side. Hi. We, we understand you guys are really excited. Um, so it's, here's why we we've come to uh, this expose. Uh, because we, we, we want to be able to help you guys, right? We've been sent down by our Lord and Savior Thanos. From uh, as you to, can see on slide one behind us. Yeah, yes. this you know, guy oh, right oh, here. Right, turn the contrast up, please. They can't, you can't see the gauntlet. There you go. Gotcha. There, there we go. Um, so half of you are now gone. Plus or minus. Plus, yeah. <laughs> Maybe some of you, uh, everyone you know is gone. But rest assured, it's half your population. And here's why it's a good thing. Yeah. Good thing, all right? If you liked hugs, you should be able to get twice as many hugs. Or say you go to the store and you're hoping no one bought the last, uh, you know, drink that you really wanted, there should be double the amount there because half the people are missing. Resources. Actually, wait, wait, wait. Double it. What? 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 Are you sure? I mean, it's double the resources. No, I understand. But, but, but also, if you killed half the half the people that would produce it are gone, wouldn't production go down by half? Yeah. Ixnay well, on the Ilke, oh. they just away. Yeah. Okay. They we'll, we'll cease to be So, what does this mean for the future? Yeah. What does it mean for you? Uh, slide two, please. Yes. You survived. Ah, uh, see, that's what? why there's balloons on the slide. Like you are one of the children of Thanos. Thanos. Let's and that's explain, a good thing. Let's explain what that means. Yes. When um, a dad and a mom love each other. No, very, not, not, no not, not, not that kind not, of not, child. Not, not, not that kind of child. Oh, man. Wait, Did you read the wrong book? I made slides for that. It was supposed to be off. Was, I couldn't read that. Uh, guys, give us I a sec. Uh, we, we will answer that question. Yeah. Momentarily. Uh, they, they, guys, they keep asking, like, why specific people are gone, and I don't have an answer. There's... And speaking of disappearing... Someone important went recently. <laughs> You're horrible for laughing at that, by the way. Yeah, I am because yeah. it's a really okay. You, you knew it was coming, uh, <laughs> guys. What's going on? Uh, welcome to a brand new episode of Sanctuary One Radio. Uh, it's props, diamond jab, side. All jokes aside. Aside. Um, pretty somber episode. Yeah, is this a very is a episode. this is a special special episode. Um, uh, that as soon as we found out, we kind of knew we were going to do. Yeah, we joke um, because it's funny. Yeah, we we joke to 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 prevent us from crying. 
That too. Um, <laughs> uh, but of course, the uh, person we're talking about is uh, Stanley. Uh, Stan the man. I I have to admit that, like I I went into this week not really knowing, or I went into the news not really expecting it. It's probably because I don't think any of us really looked at Stan as that age. He was ninety five. Yeah, and I don't think any of us. Any of us looked at Stanley; he was ninety-five years old. Yeah, I um, mean, he—it just seemed like an eternal fixture, right? Like we would always yeah. see him in movies. I don't know. I watched an interview with him in uh, when they did the Amalgam. Yeah, in nineteen ninety-one, and he was noticeably younger. And I was like, "Oh well, man!" That yeah, was when I realized I was like, "I was like, oh man, Stanley's old." Yeah, and that's when it hit me, and I was just like. We're not going to have a lot of time left with Stanley. Well, I mean, 1991 was also. I think it's 1999. Oh, I thought you said 1991. I was like, yeah, 1991? That's, that's like two decades. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's like, it was a long time. And, and he had been through a lot recently. I mean, news reports, uh, you know, his, his wife passing. Yeah. Um, and then people trying to insulate uh, him from the outside world, uh, trying to take advantage of him. Um, rumors of elder abuse uh, uh, that went through. And uh, I... It just seemed like uh, it, it was just a very trying time for him. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like he just kind of got his independence back. Um, and it was just, uh, I mean, what what really surprised me uh, was when I found out was the amount of people who approached me and told me that they heard. Uh, people I never would have thought. Yeah. Uh, to even know who Stanley was like, yes, we watch these movies and we see a cameo and I hear a lot of people go, who's that old guy? You know, like why is he in like every movie? Um, but there are a lot of people who just knew by name, like Stanley. Oh my God. Did you hear Stanley, uh, passed? Um, and I think that speaks a lot to the kind of icon he, he made himself to be. Well, I think that, I think that media turned him into almost mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. The moment the Stanley cameo became a thing was the moment like it's the moment your life isn't going to be the same. Yeah. And his his life wasn't already the same. Well, I mean, I, I think I think one of the one of the point. most telling stories I heard from a celebrity was Hugh Jackman uh, talking about when he was first became Wolverine and he's on the red carpet and he's waiting to you know have pictures taken. Yeah. He's on the red carpet and uh, no one is there and a. A little ways down the way is Stan Lee, and he is mobbed by people. Yeah. No one wants Hugh Jackman <laughs> at all. No one wants anything to do with Wolverine. And he, he was like, that that was really telling for me. Well, if, to be fair, How, I wasn't sure if I wanted anything to do with Wolverine until I watched yeah, that movie. Yeah, true, so. true. This is true. Like, like you saw him. And, and Hugh all Jackman Wolverine. had done a lot of like Broadway stuff. This is or, true. This is uh, true. Kate and Leopold. Like West End. Yeah, like yeah, right, right. theater kind of thing. But uh, I just thought that was that was a very it's telling. It's very telling yeah. that like Stan Lee was this beloved individual uh, who, in, in my opinion, is, is able to transcend or was able to transcend the comic book industry in a way that not a lot mm. of people can. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's almost it's it's J.K. Rowling-esque. Yeah, I mean, you uh, that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like very similar. I'm able to transcend literature to a publicity realm that Hollywood reporters and and that kind of thing tend to avoid, yeah, or tend to not be interested in. Yeah. 
everyone knew who he was. And that was even before the cameos. I think think the next generation of people figured out who he was because of the cameos. I would read Stan soapbox in every issue I could find Yeah, that, that, that he, that it was in there. I, you know, I would, you know, I would read that. Uh, I had no idea what the word Excelsior meant for the longest time. Uh, but he always used to end it with that. Um, I mean, there, I mean, he was, he wasn't a man without controversy. Uh, there were there were questions as to who he fully, what characters he fully created, what characters he only co-created, what characters he had nothing to do with. Uh, but I think uh, you know what we what we look at is kind of beyond that. Is kind of the the man um, who <laughs> who was the face uh, at, at some point of Marvel Comics. Do yourself a favor: is look up a picture of Stanley in 1975. <laughs> he's he's baller, huh? That's that's quite the mustache. <laughs> uh, one thing I kind of want to put out there is that's a huge difference between, say, DC and Marvel Comics, right? So DC and Marvel, Marvel ha- always had a face to their comics, a human that you could kind of connect with, right? And DC's never really had that. And then when you translate that medium into a visual, uh, into a movie medium and you bring that human along do you do you think sometimes that can have an effect on people like oh they just know it's gonna happen so like you know they know he's gonna be there it's it's a risky thing to do because when you associate a brand with a person as heavily as they did um it can hurt when they when that goes away so like is stanley presents gonna be at the beginning of comic book marvel comic books now Mm mm-hmm no, so I'm like I remember that pretty much at the beginning of every comic book that, yep. that I read when I was a kid. Um, you know, the the true believer, Excelsior. Enough yep. said. You know, all Enough the, said. All Enough the, said. All the idioms that are um, Stanley's trademark. It's just similarly. It's very. It's going to be very hard for someone to step into those shoes because anybody that like anybody that attempts to is just going to be compared against. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee. Yeah. I think that the, ironically, the closest that Marvel, uh, DC probably has is Jim Lee, <laughs> which um, is funny, which is funny, but like as far as a face, correct. Uh, it, I don't know if there is a face to like, DC, to DC. Yeah. Not, like, uh, and, but the problem is he's not, he's not in the public as much. Exactly. Like, I, the, the iconography that you see associated with DC, like the stuff they, they put out very Jim Lee. So like, who did they have do the covers to the new justice league when it came out with the new 52 Jim Lee and who, who did every single character design on their, on their MMO Jim Lee. Jim Lee. So they're, but that's, um, that's Jim Lee is it's not less of a, a face. Yeah. Right. Not a face guy. Uh, Stan Lee was a charismatic. Yeah. Very, um, I, as, Steve Jobsian, yeah, almost yeah. kind of uh, uh-huh. mystique to him. Like he knew I mean, he hasn't always been right, but similar to you know Steve Jobs. But he knew what people wanted. Yeah, he knew what people wanted, and then he gave it to them. And you know, there's some stories about whether or not he hurt people around him doing that. But he's very larger than life when it came to that, and then he's very synonymous with the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even it, when he was detached from the brand by the brand, just <laughs> right. like just like Steve Jobs. Even, even when the yeah. brand kind of let him go, 
the community did the community said no stanley is marvel yep right and and you look at either his stint on dc and the animated stuff that he did outside of marvel he's he's got some interesting track records but Mm -hmm. if you if i say stan lee the average person's going to go marvel marvel yeah yeah i mean you know and and uh i think some of the a lot of the characters that he dealt with or that he helped create uh, or created himself um, really ultimately are the foundation of what is the Marvel universe. Yeah. You can't take those characters out of that universe. Yeah. Um, And I think that that really says it. I mean, um, I think someone said uh, they said you, he created characters that and Brian, you probably won't like this, but he created characters that if you were, if they were to die uh, in their comic, that just, People can't handle it. Like, they're so loved. Well, that's... Those are the people I want to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> like, I, I want... Characters to you die, might not want to add context to that statement. Not characters, yeah. not people. Not people. No, no, no. If you care about somebody a lot, <laughs> I want them to die. <laughs> that's, that's how the cycle of life works. Yeah. They become food for something else. Around and around we go. Circle of life. Right? Um, you watch The Lion King. We but, all watch uh, The Lion they King. Said, That's what needs to happen. You know, these characters will live on beyond, uh, probably beyond any of us. Yeah. You know, um, and that's something like not many people can say uh, with some with things they've created. Not yeah. not a lot of people can say, uh, you know, yeah, I created that uh, or this person created this this many years ago until this day is still running strong. That's an interesting way of thinking about it, too. Like, that puts him up in, like, Shakespeare or Dumas or, like, any of the cultural, like... Mm -hmm. As of now, his creations have outlived him. Yeah. And And that'll probably be the case... For a while. For a long time. Mm -hmm. So, I want to get into this real quick. Uh, We tend to avoid, if not ignore, certain political aspects of this of the world because it's not meant on a show for fun. Yeah. But I want to bring this up because it is an odd, when I read this, it was very weird Mm -hmm. and I didn't expect to read it. Uh, so the popular, uh, uh, political host, uh, Bill Maher put out a blog post. Yeah. I, I I saw that you, you mentioned this and I have my opinions on this. And this, and this is what he had to say, uh, about Stanley passing. And I want to get your guys' take on it. It's relatively short. He said, The guy who created Spider-Man and the Hulk has died, and America is in mourning. Deep, deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to, I don't know, watch a movie. I guess someone on Reddit posted, I'm so incredibly grateful I lived in a world that included Stan Lee. Personally, I'm grateful I lived in a world that included oxygen and trees, but to each his own. Now, I have nothing against comic books. I read them now and then when I was a kid, and I was all out of Hardy Boys. But the assumption everyone had back then, both the adults and the kids, was that comics were for kids. And when you grew up, you moved on to big boy books without pictures. But then 20 years ago, or 20 years or so ago, something happened. Adults decided they didn't have to give up kid stuff, and so they pretended comic books were actually sophisticated literature. And because America has over 4,500 colleges, which means we need more professors than we have smart people, some dumb people got to be professors by writing these by writing theses with titles like "Otherness" and "Heterodoxy in the Silver Surfer." 
And now when adults are forced to do grown-up things like buy auto insurance, they call it adulting and act like it's some giant struggle. I'm not saying we've necessarily gotten stupider. The average Joe is smarter in a lot of ways than he was in, say, the 1940s, when a big night out was a Three Stooges short and a Carmen Miranda musical. The problem is we're using our smarts on stupid stuff. I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. All right. I just want to say that's the, my I, I, I need to, to speak first because I just find that to be very extremely cynical. Um, and I, I I like Bill Maher on certain things he says, but he has to realize again that he is also a celebrity. Uh, and with that comes uh, a need to say certain things or be, um, you know, to to be uh, to say things that maybe people won't agree with. Right. And so maybe that's where part of this comes from. But, um, yes, I like comic books, and I'll be honest, I'm a 35-year-old man, and I'm okay saying that. And the reason is, is because when I grew up as a kid reading these comic books, these comic books totally, and you know, were, were not in this, what I read was maybe not necessarily for a, a child, all right? But, um, you know, like, uh, reading Spider-Man and reading uh, who was the first character I read, uh, I was a nerdy kid, right? I didn't have a lot of friends. And reading those books helped bring me out of my shell, but like taught me that, you know, there's more to life than, than, than this. Right. And, uh, that, you know, I, I posted this online too, that there, you can find a place and find people like yourself. And, uh, I just, uh, I, I think those are things that are integral to anyone. And I don't, I don't think that's something that's a kitty book or, or a bedtime story, or something that you have to give up when you grow older. Um, I find the idea that it's just for kids because that's the way the medium started, and I don't necessarily agree with that all the way, but yeah. that's like saying, well, reading was just for the rich. Now everybody's doing it. Yeah, yeah right? I agree. Like, reading was only <laughs> for the educated, right? Um, and, I, I, yeah, I just feel like sometimes Bill Maher says things to just be provocative. So, and, you know. So, my original, my original reaction to this was I, was I was really angry. But then again, Stanley had died, like, the day before. So, then I thought about it, and I, I think I figured out, I, th- I think I figured this out from, like, a standpoint that I think I can accept – without like being furious the thesis statement for this blog post is the guy who created spider-man and the hulk has died in america's in mourning deep deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to i don't know watch a movie see that's now, how he sees stan well so that's the first thing i think the biggest phrase in this is i don't know i i think he doesn't personally know he does not know what the importance or relevancy of comic books are. Which makes me question the importance or relevancy of, of the blog, blog post to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're not going to research it, if that's part don't of your, say anything. If the words I don't know are part of your thesis, you probably are better off Wrong. not writing it. And, yes, and I'll be honest. I'm intelligent enough to know what a thesis statement is, okay? So, Very, I, I'll be honest. Because I, reading's all because the thing nowadays. <laughs> read, oh, read, everyone's everyone going gets to read now. Uh, but like, I've Obviously, I'm coming from a very biased place, but yeah, but don't um, get me wrong. Like I, I, I am not as ingrained in the comic book culture as the two people in front of me. But originally, like I said, I my initial thought was anger, and then I thought about it, and I went, 
that's something that a 50 or 60 year old who's completely detached from the younger generation says. Like, so earlier today, I turned on Netflix and Hasan Minhaj uh, has, um, has a show on Netflix very similar to like John Oliver and Trevor Noah. It's politic- a 30 minute political show. And Hassan says in the show, he's talking about the brand Supreme. I had never heard of this brand before, but the way Supreme does their brand is they sell things that have that logo on it, and it's all based on hype. So they're only going to sell like 20 of these things, and people line up like crazy to get in this line. Scarcity makes Sca- yeah, demand. It's, it's, yeah, supply creates demand yeah, yeah. or lack of supply creates demand. Mm-hmm. He compared it to like Jordans. There are people who would stand in line to buy Jordans. For, for hours on end. And I'm watching it, and I was just like, I don't get what the excitement of this is. I've yeah. never heard of this brand before. I don't get it. But then I thought about it, and I was like, that's what he's saying in this blog post. He doesn't get it. He doesn't yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. He, yes, he says, yeah, you know, I kind of read comic books. And then he mentions, like, the Hardy Boys. And I'm like, okay, that's like... That's a really dated reference. And yeah. then I kind of figured it out. It's like he doesn't he doesn't know what Stanley's impact and, is. And he just sees the internet exploding and, and about it, Stanley's yeah. death and he doesn't know why. And that and this is his response to that. And I, and it's funny because I do I I've I watch Bill Maher. Uh, and, yeah. uh, there's some things he says I really really agree with, but I think on this point you're right. He just he lacks a frame of reference. Uh, for for what anyone is feeling or what anyone has experienced yeah. as far as uh, comic books are concerned. And I think that's the frustrating part because not knowing negates the second half of the blog post. Exactly. Because it turns it into a political thing. Yeah, then it turns... Only, then Donald it, Trump could only get voted in a country then that Then it, it turns into, into, it turns into it uh, spitting out vitriol and spite against Donald Trump, which has nothing to do with Stan Lee. Yeah. Um, and if you look at some of the beliefs that Stan Lee himself espoused, uh, they would you could see that they were in direct opposition to anything Trump would believe. And and at the end of the day, it actually makes me pity Bill Maher for not knowing that comics can be a work of art and not just the art that's in them, but the yeah. writing as well. Yeah. They, what was it? Uh, the Killing Joke was the first one to get a no- nominated for an, uh, like a literary award, mm-hmm. yeah. I think. And then Watchmen actually won. Yep. Yeah, the literary award. Um, and then we have... Um, this is the first year of uh, a woman of color ever won the award for monstrous. Yes, mm-hmm. but I mean these aren't these aren't comic book awards. These are right, these are book awards. Book awards, and these are comic books that are winning them. Admittedly, they're graphic novels, not serial comics. But it says that it's it's just another means of information conveyance. Like yeah. it's it's like being angry at a book because it has pictures in it. Well, I mean, I mean, how how long and people still they look at the films and they go, yeah. these are not works of art for the longest time. We were told that film is not a place where where you can have works of art. Yeah. You know, it's not a painting. It's not a. It's not a, you know, an orchestra, orchestral thing. It's- Ironically, that's been flipped now where people are concerned that Hollywood big budget movies are getting too artsy are getting no that the budgets are so large can a can an indie movie coexist along Avengers Infinity War oh just get overshadowed is the question can you release a movie like Hereditary the same month Avengers Infinity War comes out you can 
Avengers Infinity Wars is going to blow it out of the water. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So ironically, that conversation has been has been flipped where now there are pieces of art in film that people are worried are not going to happen because of the, the comic book content, but, uh, like yeah. the craze. But I just think I just think it's one of those things, you know, so someone says film's not a work of art and someone says, yes, it is. I think it's it's um, it is it can be subjective. It's what I believe to be a work of art. Um, and, and just because, uh, you know, it's not a novel, you know, and it's not it's got pictures. Yeah, that takes effort. That takes time. That takes creativity. Who are you to say it's not a work of art? I think what's uh, what's ironic yeah, in this, and this is my last political point before yeah, we, yeah. before we move on, is there's this belief system that people who like comic books or entertainment are not smart enough to make a subjective decision mm-hmm. in terms of politics. Mm-hmm. That's the statement that he's making, right? In Trump's only only in Trump's America can people mourn the loss of a person who, who made comic books, right? Um, I just I, think, I just feel that statement alone is incredibly naive. Well, I think the one of the things that Amy brought up to me that I love, and Amy's not a comic book person at all. She goes, one of my favorite uh, moments in the Captain America films is in the first one, uh, and one of the lines that makes her chuckle every time is, uh, "Don't worry about me. I've punched Hitler over two thousand. Oh my god, I love right? that line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's funny because we have entered a world. In which uh, in there is a lot of vitriol in politics, in conversations, in whatever the case may be. And it has grayed the area of what a good person or a bad person is. Yep. There are people who defend our president even after our president has said and done things that would be deemed inappropriate 10 years ago. Yeah. The one community – that you never have to worry about is the comic book community because they know right and wrong. The comic book community is going to look at nationalists and Nazism and go, no, that's fucked up. <laughs> and there are people out here who are like, well, like when it comes to nationalism, it's like, no, no. Captain America, Captain America punched out Hitler, Hitler 2000 times. times. I know what right and wrong is. <laughs> you don't that's the one community you don't have to worry about getting it wrong. Yeah, it's right? like with great power comes great responsibility and you're not wielding no. it correctly. Hey. <laughs> I, I like it's so funny cuz I thought about it and I was like that's the one community I will never have to worry about. Hydra is wrong. Period. <laughs> It's fair. End of discussion. Yeah, Hail right? Hydra? Yo, Hail screw Hydra? you. I'm- no, not no. at all. And <laughs> I, I can see the other side that government with a lot of power, like S.H.I.E.L.D., can also lead to bad things. Like there's, there's so much perspective in the comic book community that bases itself on the real world aspects of what's happening that comic book people are really, in, in a large part, more subjective about the world that they're in than biased people are who lean one way or the other. Well, what was it? Um, going off a little bit like the the D and D groups. There was a whole thing where like D and D was Satanist, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they were yeah. violent. It was people acting out, hitting like being violent with people, and then there was a huge craze in the seventies and eighties where everyone thought that you know it made you a Satanist. Yeah, and so a guy, um, Michael Stackpole or Blackpole, I think Stackpole. Michael something or other, he's a writer, did a did a study and he actually figured out that a uh, comic book and like um, gamers yeah. are statistically like 
I don't know, not video gamers because it wasn't a thing at the time, but like RPG gamers and board gamers and card gamers were statistically less likely to commit a violent crime than any other demographic. Just massively less inclined, like on orders of magnitude. So like, like you said, it's, it's the community you don't have to worry about. We're not, we, we have a very clear sense of right and wrong. Right and wrong. Because it's been instilled in us from the beginning, you know, like we don't truth, we, justice, like, and the American way. Is we don't we don't trade lives, you know, yeah. stuff like you know. Yeah, like it's so funny to me that like this this is someone's perspective. Because my original thought was when I read that last line about like that, I was like, don't put this on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't put this on me. Don't put this on us. You don't got to worry about us. The comic book community is not gonna not a community you got to worry about getting it wrong. So, I just I, that post showed up and I, was I mean like, I uh, yeah yeah it, but it's an it's an odd situation and it's it just see. seems like an odd thing to put out at a moment of someone's death you know well, that's a whole thing. but again again he's meant to be provocative he's yeah. meant to get followers it's, it's, to get views to get. And that's what it's about. It's about how how many how many times you can get clickbait, how many times you yeah. can get somebody to inter, to interact with you, and that you know hopefully he's taking the feedback to heart of people being like, maybe you don't know, yeah. and maybe you should. Well, I find think he's going to be experiencing both extremes. He's going to be experiencing people who are like, "How dare you!" And then he's going to experience people who are like, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Then there's a bunch of comic book people. I would say a large majority of comic book people that say, hey, bro, come on down to a comic book shop. Let's <laughs> let's read some comic or, books. Or there's going to be a bunch of people. Let me show who, you what's up. A bunch of comic book people would be like, Bill Maher who? Well, that's the <laughs> other. They'd be like, I don't know who that is. The, what I find interesting is that more than I, the comic book community is probably the one that's going to be most just like, I believe you're misinformed. Yeah. Uh, we would love to educate you further, or if you'd like to find out, here's the resources you can go to. It's not like a whole bunch of people like he was talking. Like I, <laughs> I find it interesting that I was personally attacked in that, but I don't feel I don't feel that right. Way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, but I like I know my I was. Initial thought was my, my whatever being personally attacked in that, and then I thought about it. I was like, nah, he's just some old dude that doesn't really know <laughs> what the impact and, is, and, and, and that's okay. And though I felt more frustration and anger for how. Stan Lee was portrayed than me personally being attacked. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, but I think that's just the, just hey man, just have a little respect. Yeah, for that. Yeah, right. Well, the fun bit—he never actually attacked Stan Lee. He attacked never. the people he, that were mourning him. People that were yeah. mourning yeah. Stan. So that he was saying that people who ascribed too much significance to him, yeah, is is, is indicative of a problem of a lack of adulting. Yeah. yeah. Because we complain about having to deal with insurance, and I think it's more people complain about having to deal with insurance when he had to deal with it. Like we when they were younger, it was like orders of a magnitude less complicated. You just paid a person, and then they paid stuff out. Yeah. Now and it's like it. it's like oh okay, I didn't pick the right insurance. It doesn't cover flooding. Um, oh, I said collapse when my stairs collapsed, so it's covered. But if I had said any other word, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. What the hell, right? Yeah. Like, the fine print works against you in the world of insurance these right. days. Yep. So that's that's where it's not fun. Or I only adults. had this much coverage for electronics in my house and yeah, I had yeah, this yeah. many electronics. So I, think, I, I think there's an odd, like, it's a blog post that I think it, it, it's in a, it's a, it's an emotional blog post to then make people emotional. Yeah. It's not really an informed yeah, exactly. blog post. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just to meant to be. Make people informed. Meant for clicks. Right, it's yeah. Just, yeah. 
But I'm going to mourn for Stanley however I want, and he can suck it. Well, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, if if I want to run around in uh, Spider-Man pajamas, uh, which I haven't, I don't own any, but if someone wants Thank to buy me clarification. some, I would love to. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's wink, 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 wink. <laughs> if you want to send me some uh, Spider-Man pajamas. <laughs> Only if they have the footies. Only if they have the footies. And you can walk on walls when you wear them. Yeah. Oh, oh, that would be amazing. Um, um, so I, I think I think Stanley's last cameo is Avengers, Avengers, Avengers Four. Avengers yeah, they Infinity said he uh, they said he filmed it while they were doing Ant Man and the Wasp. We don't. Uh, I assume he has a, a Captain Marvel one. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe they because uh, the last so the last well, article I read they said he recorded like a bunch of them. Yeah, so basically sitting. they said uh, that he. He didn't like flying, so they would fly him out and do as many as they could. Gotcha. gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and so I think in the last group, it was uh, Captain Marvel and then Ant Man and the Wasp, yeah. or uh, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Marvel and, and, uh, and Avengers. Avengers. Which um, that's gonna be that's gonna be an odd end to a phase. Mm-hmm. Like that's gonna be. Yeah, like this really is the end of an era. Like when you think about it. You well, know, we already like, knew it was gonna be an end of an era, just given. The, but the, the magnitude the movie, that yeah. but, but now, now it takes on a new meaning. Now it's like in real life significance. We're like, losing uh arguably Captain America, Iron Man, the original Avengers, and, and Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. Yeah, so it's like this end of a phase really uh features ha- has much more emotional resonance than I think it's had before. <laughs> and this is a guy who was able to cameo in a DC animated movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Stan Lee. His, his bucket list is <laughs> Check check box at all, man. He's right. Um, he's done it. He's cameo he's in a DC Lee. film, cameo in a Marvel film. <laughs> um, but I said it from the get go. I said Stan, Stan Lee's writing um, established really early on all of the things at moments of my life that I've struggled with. That then showed me that people who are bestowed powers more than me also struggle with exactly exactly people struggle with identity they struggle with right and wrong they struggle with their morals and values they struggle with how all of those change over time i said in my video one of my one of the first comic books i picked up um on my own as a as a as a plus like 18 year old kid uh was uh the chosen the Mm -hmm. captain america comic yeah. In which he like it's an odd comic to pick up, um, but I picked it up primarily because uh, it had what I thought was a really interesting story. Captain America was on his deathbed, ready to die for the country that he loved. And halfway around the world, there's this random ass Marine that is fighting to search for his team uh, in uh, near Afghanistan. And then all of a sudden, Captain America is there. So the question becomes, is this even, is it a, is it a, like a, is it a mirage? Is it a, is it a, like a, uh, an illusion, like dreaming this or is, or is Captain America picking up the fight again? Um, but it, it led me to really dive deep into the, into the understanding of identity, both from the individual and also how other people see you, right? Mm. Because that was part of the conversation in that comic book was every time they would do something, he would question whether or not this was actually Captain America because the last the reader saw Captain America's dying on this bed. Like he's, he, there's no feasible way he's here. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that at the right time, a comic that 
on the surface had nothing to do with identity ends up diving very deep into identity. Um, and it is like there's been comics along the way where there have been stories and games that I've played that have resonated heavily in, in the aspects. Well, of I, life, so. like I, I've always uh, like I mentioned Spider-Man, no matter how hard it ever gets for him, he always does the right thing. You know, like you can beat him down and he will he will always get back. Well, that was one of my favorite moments in the game, like mm-hmm. in the game really late. Mm-hmm. The Spider-Man on the PS4 builds this relationship with Doc Ock mm-hmm. throughout the whole game. And then at the end, uh, uh, Peter ends up learning in his fight with Martin Lee, another person he looks up to, I cannot save everyone. Yep. You just can't do it. It's not possible. And to learn that moral and value going then into his final fight with his mentor is I, I cannot save this guy. I can't. Even when uh, Otto is like right at the end, he's laying on this like uh, this table and he's like, I can't move like the, the, the arms have done all the work for me. I officially cannot move. The disease has gotten to the point that I can't move my body. Um. And he goes, Peter, help me. And Peter realizes, I, I can't, I can't help you, I can't. Which is tough to see a hero do that because, again, through ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the game, you're helping everybody. Yeah, and yeah. you get to that last moment, and it's like, I can't, I'm, I won't help you. I can't. I have to. I can't fix you. Yeah, yeah. The people in prison will help you. Yep. But I can't help you. Uh, which, which is like an impactful moment, and so. The, those moral and val- those morals and values are just sprinkled in every single series, from characters that he has created to characters that he's helped support. Because uh, I know Kirby was a Captain America, or, or Captain America was a Kirby. Uh, well, Captain America predates both of them. It was uh, he was brought in as after it was created in 1941. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he helped on the comic book. Yeah, and then they went off and did their started doing their own comic books. And then it was in the 1950s that the, the comic superhero genre came back yeah. after, uh, with the DC's flash yeah. started getting pretty no, notoriety. And then, um, uh, Stan Lee, uh, said they weren't making superheroes that he cared about. And his, I think it was his wife said, then why don't you Yeah, and write the stories you care about? Yeah. Um, and so you had the the first one was um, Fantastic Four based off the Challengers of the Unknown. Yeah. So basically Kirby had created the Challengers of the Unknown. And so him and Stan Lee worked together and they wrote a series. The Challengers of the Unknown were kind of like a, a close knit group of people that kind of yeah. did stuff. But he said, what if it was a family? Mm. And that was the that was the starting premise for Fantastic of Fantastic Four. Four. It wasn't, yeah. let's have a stretchy dude, an invisible lady, a rock guy. Yeah, it wasn't like a geek conversation that we, right. yeah. Um, the X-Men, I understand, is rooted very much in the civil rights movement. Yeah. It wasn't about, hey, let's throw mutant be- mutant people and have them get, you know. Yeah, let's get cool powers for this character. And, yeah. Um, so it wasn't, and they, it's Peter Parker being your average school teenager, not, um, grown up. not a grown up, not a rich playboy. Like he was telling the stories he cared about. Um, I think arguably the first uh, person of color of interest in a comic book being Black Panther. Yeah. Like, and then said, 
boom, and look where Black Panther but it wasn't is now. A, and I think but it wasn't a thing then. In that instance, is it's not a person of color in America, like right. It's a person. It's, it's of a color. person of color. From Africa, like who, we wanted to really someone someone who's flesh in that charge, out. absolutely. You know, yeah. like right, not a side character. So the, it, yeah, he's not, not a, shown in a in a submissive role. Not a not he's a sidekick as the man. So it's, and, I, and I think that's big. And even in his, uh, we talked about the stand soapboxes. I mean, one that's getting passed around now is when it talks about. Uh, racism and yeah, and bigotry, and, and, bigotry yeah. and just how against that and those uh, those beliefs he was just a, you know and he was never afraid to espouse what he believed yeah. whether through his characters or just through himself you know just writing it down. Well, I think uh, one of the one of my final <laughs> thoughts on it is is when we went to go see Black Panther and there were people in like African garb. There were people who were crying. There were people who were cheering. People were singing, making all like in the, like in the theater, experiencing this movie for what it was. And the thing that I've always felt that Stanley and that Marvel—that's such a beautiful, beautiful moment, right? Yeah. Right. But the thing that Stanley and subsequently what Marvel has done recently—I don't know about always, but recently—is they have created content that allows people to believe that they can they can see themselves better than where they are there's a reason wakanda is the most technologically advanced country in the world because black people across the world look at that and they say that is it is a it can be a possibility we do not have to look at ourselves in this situation for where we are we can look at it to what we can be Mm-hmm. And that's always the case, right? I look at Peter Parker and I go, if I'm ever in a position where I have to choose between right and wrong, do I have the strength as an individual to always choose right? I, I don't know. But I know that there is a character in a piece of literature that I can say in, in dire circumstances, I can make the right decision, Right. Uh, and I think that's important. I think it's important in any piece of literature, right? Literature can impact the times that they are in, Yep. right? Uh, they impact people's decisions to choose careers, right? I can't be a hero, but what I can be is a firefighter. I can be a police officer. I can join the military. I can do these things. Uh, and so I might not be a billionaire philanthropist, yeah. but I know computers. I yeah, know technology. I can go to school for science, and I can see how far my mind can take me. It might not be Tony Stark level mind can take me, but I can be inspired by those things to create them in the real world. Right? Uh, you know, does Siri does Siri exist if a guy like Tony Stark doesn't exist in comics? You know, if there aren't um. people in pieces of literature that are trying to create with their imagination what the future would look like. Do we then have people in the present trying to create things in technology to match that, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be comic books, but I think that's the power of but literature. It, yeah, I mean, people talk literature about could show us where we are and, and where we're going. And, and, not, and other mediums can do it too. I mean, we always talk about Star Trek and its influence yeah. it's had on, on the technology that exists today. People say, I saw it on TV why can't we do that? You know, yeah. let's figure it out. Hey, man, the iPad. <laughs> Period. Yeah, it was fair. Star Trek sucked. They could store one book on those things. <laughs> they could. But guess what? 
I live in a generation. <laughs> there were people who were older in that generation who might not be alive now, who might not be alive to have experienced the iPad. To say or that thing that they were holding, yeah, or tablets. That thing they were holding in that TV show in the seventies, I can use it now, right? I might not get flying cars in my lifetime. That's been my dream <laughs> is to live in a world with, with flying, flying cars. cars. We're too far away from flubber. Yeah, it's not going to happen in my lifetime. But you know what is being experimented with in my lifetime? Self-driving cars. So that might be the closest I get to futuristic technology that I have seen in this. There is going to be a generation far down the road that sees Iron Man and goes, I think we can make that. It sounds ridiculous, but someone's going to try it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of these pieces of literature. And yes, I'm going to call them literature. Yeah. Because they show people where the world can be and where it's going. And that's the beautiful thing about Marvel. Like I was I was gonna I was gonna use a joke and be like, I saw a movie where Skynet took over the world. Is that what? And Siri all of this is, is gonna be fucked up. Everything I said, <laughs> people are gonna Siri go back is? to it, and they're gonna criticize this random individual who said all this positive <laughs> shit, and then it turns out the internet came back and bit everyone in the ass. Right, just Ultron technology. Out. You see this guy? You see this asshole right here? It's because he said some shit. On the internet. <laughs> the, the internet becomes self-aware and turns into Ultron. Takes the name Ultron. I agree with that. We're going to do that soon. Shit. You'll be happy. Oh, I'll be ecstatic. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, I got killed by hey, Ultron. Hey, <laughs> man. That I'll was just, so I'll just put cool. my hand up like that and you'd be like, dope ass shit. Dope ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Where'd you learn to talk like that? From the World from Wide the World Web. Wide <laughs> web. <laughs> um, I think uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, though, uh, it is a... Um, uh, very sad time, uh, you know, just, you know, during this particular uh, part of the year, just because yeah. uh, of the passing of Stan, uh, but that he did have an effect on a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, sure. Mostly for the positive, um, you know, definitely had a positive effect on my life. And it seems like uh, you guys as well. Yeah. Enough said. Enough, Enough said. said. Excelsior. Uh, Excelsior. Face front true believers. Uh, that's going to be it for us. No fancy fancy outro. Uh, we're just going to leave everyone out. Um, be sure to follow the show. Be sure to, uh, uh, the sad fading away music from, uh, Oh my God. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Oh my God. Do the sad fading away music from, uh, infinity from infinity. Infinity. Uh, I was going to say, do the sad music from the Hulk TV show. Oh no. I'm still thinking the, the, the fade music from when the, uh, when we did our, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be it for us. Uh, be sure to follow the show at Sanctuary One Radio. Be sure to follow us on our individual channels, uh, Props of Prophecy, Sideburns, and uh, Diamond Jab. Uh, next week, we will be, uh, I guess, talking about Fantastic Beasts. We'll be Fantastic Beasting. And where to find Waldo. Where to find Grindelwald. Grind- Grindelwald uh, is what <laughs> we'll do. So, uh, guys, uh, uh, have, a, have a wonderful week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Doodle. See ya. See ya.